Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You get a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. You get three magazines mailed to you before they hit newsstands, including our legendary summer edition. And you get a year of access to Dave Campbell's Texan Live, our streaming service where you can watch thousands of live Texas high school events, including hundreds of live Texas high school football games. It's all part of a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscription. Get your today at texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. Look for it at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Football season can get a little hectic from grabbing snacks for the tailgate to fueling your kids for practice. Experience drone delivery with Wing. Get fast, safe, and eco-friendly delivery in 30 minutes or less. Now in select neighborhoods in Dallas-Fort Worth. To see if Wing has landed in your neighborhood, visit wing.com slash Texas football. Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days, and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high-quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment or medications if you don't have insurance. Really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Visit BeWellTexas.org. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by BCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Or uh, we're going to call it UIL realignment upon further review. We're going to be spending the next couple of weeks and months breaking down what happened yesterday at UIL realignment. We will break all that down. We'll start kind of today. Some more thoughts uh, after we've had a little bit of time to digest the goings on yesterday, uh, 9 a.m. when all hell broke loose and the UIL released the new districts uh, for the next two years of Texas high school football. We will get into that. And then back half of the show, it's Helpful Honda Mailback Friday. We're answering your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, anything you got. Let us know uh, in the comments on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, We'll get to as many as we can coming up here at the back half of the program. I am scared to ask. Uh, No. Okay. I won't ask. Uh, Want to remind you to go to TexasFootball.com. We had a ton of great content on realignment yesterday. If you go to TexasFootball.com, a ton of great content uh, from myself, from Matt Stepp, from Greg Powers. There's breaking coaching news from Corey Hogue and Matt Stepp. uh, plus, we've got Shrine Bowl content. Uh, our, our friends from uh, on the college side were over at the Shrine Bowl at the Star in Frisco. If you want to go check that out on TexasFootball.com. Okay. So yesterday was a big day. Big day in the Texas high school football world. Uh, UIL realignment. 
Uh, every two years, the UIL jumbles up all of the things, um, all the district takes the schools and says, all right, let's reshape it. Let's take a look at, at the way that Texas high school football is going to look for the next two years. And, and I guess to, 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 to really clarify, the whole crux of it, the reason that we're so interested in UIL realignment is A, yes, of course, it involves every Texas high school football team. Oh, I thought A was that we're nerds, but... Well, that I is guess. okay. Okay, so one A, one A, one B. It impacts every Texas high school team, but one C. You've really thrown me off here. One C. One of the reasons is that this is the biggest reason is that this will lay out the path that every team must walk to go to AT and T Stadium in Arlington to play for a state championship, like. The, uh, you know, uh, Olton. Olton now knows who they have to beat and likely the path they have to walk to win a state championship. Every team does. I'm interested to hear real fast. I I like looking at who's in whose district. Don't get me wrong, but I get more enjoyment looking at who ends up in what region. Yes. That's, it's, it's, it's not the... full pie where yeah. like you're looking at the classification and it's not the slice of pie but it's like man yeah. there's still half a pie left over for dessert in the morning like the, what are we working with the, you know you're spot on well yeah i talked about pie the that too the the top layer right the top layers district oh wow like highland parks in district seven yeah. with lufkin they're gonna have to play them right that's the top layer Where you really start digging deep and where you know that you're kind of a Texas high school football sicko Mm -hmm. is when you start paying attention to the regions. Yeah. Because, like, like for example, think about March Madness. Think about March Madness. Okay. So, so let's just say that North Texas was a number one seed. Okay? (laughs) Yeah. Let's say they're number one seed. What a time to be alive. You could say, oh, look, they're playing St. Mary's in 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 the tournament, in the first round. And that's true. But more importantly, you may be looking at saying, oh, they are in the same – the number two seed is Kentucky. The team they would see in a regional final would be Kentucky. You would, If you zoom out, that's where you get the real kind of nerd stuff. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I, I, I looked at, and, and by my count, I was doing some, some math last night, some maths, and I count 151 teams that changed regions. 151 That's a out lot. of 1,257. Uh, 151. That, by the way, does not count a team like Pflugerville Weiss because Pflugerville Weiss is dropping down a classification and they are moving from Region 2 to Region 3. That's obviously noteworthy, but we knew that there was going to be a, a change for them. Regardless. It's, yeah, regardless. So You're not going to be playing the same teams that you were playing last correct. year. Correct. So this is just region changes. And so then I kind of fooled around with some numbers. And figured out, all right, these were, according to our computer rankings, the highest rated teams that changed regions. So theoretically, the, the, the contenders, this is not a complete list of contenders, I just did the top 10. The contenders that, may, that changed regions whose path to AT&T Stadium was entirely changed yesterday. So the, the, the first one's not going to be a surprise to people. It's Port Nature's Groves. They won a state championship. They swing from Region 3 to Region 2. The other thing about that is, again, just, uh, again, you get into to, to real nerd stuff. It's not just changing regions. They are changing sides of the bracket. 
Okay, that is the Cowboys going from the NFC to the AFC. That's a huge, huge change to flip sides of the bracket. The second rated one is Gordon. Gordon flipped from in, in the 1A Division One state champion. They moved from Region 3 to Region 4. Same side of the bracket. They're still out east, as they would say in, in, in six-man terms, but they go to Region 4. That's a big change. Smithson Valley, a team that played for a state championship last year, will move to Region 4 in 5A Division One. Lovejoy, we talked to head coach Todd Dodge yesterday. They're moving from Region 2 to Region 1 in 5A Division Two. Montgomery Lake Creek, along for the ride with Port Natchez Grove, they're moving from Region 3 to Region 2. Uh, again, flipping sides of the bracket, NFC to AFC, right? Decatur, flipping sides of the bracket. Melissa, or I'm sorry, uh, flipping region from 1 to 2. Melissa, moving from 2 to 1. Chilton, we talked about them going into the same district as, as Mart. Again, that's one of those things where you can focus on the fact that, oh, wow, Chilton is now in a district with Mart. More importantly, they're now in District 10, where the, whereas before they were in District 13. They're in an entirely different region. They're going to play teams from Central Texas and East Texas instead of teams from South Texas and Southeast Texas in the playoffs. Oglesby, who played for a state championship uh, in the 1A Division one, uh, in 1A Division two ranks, they're moving from Region 3 to Region 4. And then Bremont. Bremont's along for the ride as well in, uh, in with Chilton moving from division uh, from, from Region 4 to Region 3. And again, this doesn't count teams that are also changing classifications, right? This doesn't count uh, Austin LBJ. Austin LBJ is in Region 4, whereas in their Region 3 in 5 and Division 2, but they're dropping down a classification. We knew there was going to be a change. This is all news from yesterday. Every team on that list right there got news yesterday that, oh, wow, our path to AT&T Stadium is going to look very, very different. So the other ripple effect that comes down, and by the way, I mentioned this on, in my article on TexasFootball.com, it's worth remembering that while UIL realignment is obviously an enormous deal, it is not set yet. It is not firmly 100% set. There are teams that are going, that are in, inevitably going to appeal. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the appeals process, there's two there's two ways. One appeal process is um, a team is in the pickle district and they yeah, want to be the, in the best district, but they want they don't want to be in the pickle district for the for the sake of this argument. We can't all have good taste. They want to be in the Tepper district. Oh God, we can all. Apparently, some people have bad taste. So that team, <laughs> that team says, hey, everyone in the pickle district, will you allow uh, agree to let me out of the district? In which I would say, yeah, you don't want to be in, get out. It has to be unanimous. Mm -hmm. Every team has to. Then they have to ask the Tepper District, hey, Tepper District, will you guys let us in? It is unanimous. It has to be unanimous on both sides. But if it is in the two districts, then that just happens. You you inform the UIL, hey, we're changing to this district. It was unanimous. Bada bing, bada boom, it's done. Okay? If it is not unanimous, then it goes to the UIL. And you have to go and send the appeal to the UIL. I know that there are some. One of the things that you have to. One thing you have you have to remember with the UIL. We talked about with Dr. Jamie Harrison. They're in constant communication with with teams. They're always talking with teams, especially teams with as they say travel burdens. Mm-hmm. And they're always asking them, "What would you rather do? What do you want to do? What do you?" Think? I always use Brownwood as the example. Brownwood's an example. Brown. They are. I for I, their classification, they're kind of out in no man's land. I don't. I don't know this for a fact, but I would be very, very surprised 
if Sammy Burnett had not talked with the UIL sometime in the last couple months. Yeah. About realignment. In which he said, "Yeah, and how about Brown or how about Stephenville?" And there are <laughs> there are some. One of the things that the UIL does is they will they will do alignments to give teams the most options, in the sense of they will say, "Hey, we're going to put you here, but if you appeal to this district, we will support your appeal," as opposed to if you put them in the other district, then you're kind of stuck and we won't support that appeal. So. It is not done. There are there will be some appeals that come down, but I would say for ninety nine percent of the teams, where they are is where they are. You also start getting into non district uh, uh, season teams. Of course, as soon as you know who's in your district, you want to go and and find some non district games, depending on the number of non district uh, a number of district opponents, right? And so, what's interesting about that? Obviously, there are teams that uh, I know. Yesterday, for example. Um, Alito was put into a nine-team district. I believe they already had a week three game scheduled, mm-hmm. and they had to call them and say, hey, uh, sorry, but we can't do this anymore. Like, we're going to be playing a district game then. Like, we have eight district games. We can't play a third non-district game. I'm sorry. You also have on the other side where teams are put into small districts, and they have to scramble to find other non-district games. And so that is how you do get some very strange district contests mm-hmm. for example pickle did you hear about the one that's going down in houston in week six this was reported by carl padilla so we mentioned yesterday on the show district 32 6a is uh shocking yes in the sense that it is a five-team district in 6a that almost never happens especially down there in the valley down there in the valley like that's like a sin. So what you're saying is those teams, if they want to play a 10-game ten ten schedule, they have to find six non-district games. Six. And there's just not a lot of teams that need six non-district games. And so you get late into the, into, into the season, middle of the season, right? And there's just not a lot of takers, especially the 6A level. And that is why in week six, we will have... San Benito versus Carthage in Houston. That rocks so hard. Yeah. So that is a game that is happening. Is one of the strangest games I think I've ever heard. That's so awesome. Also, shout out to San Benito for being like, yeah, I mean, they said we're going to go for it. It is a 6A against a 4A Division 2. And San Benito has not been bad no. the past couple of years. Don't come after me, Carthage. Like, you're going to be the favorite by a couple of touchdowns, but... Maybe. <laughs> Let me look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look at last year. Like, at the, end of, at the end of last year, according to our computer, I can look this up real quick. You're listening to live coverage of... Me looking up what a hypothetical game between San Benito and Carthage would be. That's just, I never. Those are words I never expected to hear. Carthage would the computer would have installed Carthage as a three point favorite. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. A three point five. It's closer than you think. Now, that's a computer model, yeah. right? But San Benito did go ten and two last year. Yeah, I was going to say they and were six good. A. Okay. Speaking of Carthage, do you have the video that I put on this? On the yes. I want to show you another thing that happens every year, and that is 
So when you need non-district games, and at these big, there are these kind of meetings all around the state. Um, when you need non-district games, obviously you're looking for teams kind of in your weight class. If you're a team that you think is not going to be very good, you probably don't want to square up with a team that's like that's going to launch you into the sun. Yeah. Right. But if you are a team that tends to launch teams into the sun, maybe hard to find takers. So I'd like to take you to this video from our friend Brandon Ogden, uh, who shot this at the East Texas kind of meetup yesterday. Play that, play that one more time. That there in the red sweater is... That man right there, sitting and looking at his phone, is Carthage head coach Scott Surratt. Who no one wants to sit at the lunch table with. The loneliest man in UIL realignment. <laughs> the loneliest man on Thursday or was, was Scott Surratt. Because first of all, there's teams there that, like, I want you to think about it. In non-district. You're you're definitely not playing anybody in your district. No. Right? So anybody in your district, you're not playing them. You can't. I guess you could, but you can't. Seems kind of dumb. You're probably not playing anybody in your region because they know they're going to have to beat you down the road. Yep. Right? Sometimes it happens, but it's kind of like a last resort type thing. And then you get to the fact that you're Carthage and nobody wants to play you. Especially like out there. Like it would be different if Scott Surratt was at the DFW one in Birdville and it's like some five A teams going, you know what? Like Maybe. we're yeah. looking for this and if we're gonna play someone that we know is gonna give us a tough time in a lower classification, yeah. Carthage is gonna be the one that you do. But no one in East Texas no. is gonna do that because they're all like a lot of teams are smaller than them to be honest. Yeah. It's or or if they're not smaller than them, they're not as good. Good, yeah. And so you're right. If he had been in Birdville, he might have had more takers. That's why he's on his phone. He's probably talking with Dan Gomez at San Bernardino. Yeah. But the other thing about that, though, is you have to be like you want to be at your local meeting because part of the whole point of those those get-togethers is to talk with your district. Yeah, there's a ton of district meetings. They, they get together and say, okay, let's figure it out. Because um, you're trying to figure out home and away schedules. Exactly. And you're trying to figure those things out. And so... And so he needs to be there, but, like, everyone there is like, okay, if I don't have to play you, I'd prefer not to. So he sits in the back on his phone. Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. That's yeah. great. He's the loneliest man, the least popular guy. <laughs> like, Gary Joseph was not popular yesterday. No. Kevin Hoffman at Mart was not popular Randy yesterday. Randy Allen was Randy not. Randy Allen. We saw Coach Allen a bunch. Yeah, and, like, nobody, like, everyone, like, would come to this, like, no, no, no. Yep, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Todd was there. Jason Todd at, at South Oak Cliff, not popular yesterday. No. He was cutting it up with people, but oh, yeah. not many people were asking to no. play him. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, we're going to have uh, a lot of coverage of UIL realignment coming up here over the co next couple weeks, months. Uh, we got a lot to digest before we get to football in August. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. We did forget to do something, and I want to make sure we do that now, and that is we got to spin the wheel. We're going to spin the oh, wheel and yeah. find out who the Texas High School Football Team of the Day is. If you have an idea of what we can do with this, let us know in the comments. But today's Texas High School Football Team of the Day is the... Patriots of Lakeview Centennial wow. High School. Congratulations. Congratulations to Lakeview Centennial, the Texas High School Football Team of the Day here on Texas Football Today. Go Patriots, and now you are removed from the wheel.
Bye-bye. You've been cut off. Now, oh, by the way, tell Pahana Mailbag Friday. Get your questions in fa- on Facebook and YouTube uh, about high school ball, college ball, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, realignment. Get your questions in. We'll go uh, for a few minutes here in a moment. But first, a word from these goods and services. <laughs> <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jennifer Potter, Executive Director of Be Well Texas. Too many people are struggling alone these days and alcohol and drug deaths are increasing. We started Be Well Texas to offer high quality, science-based addiction treatment and recovery services anywhere, even at home. We provide compassionate, caring support virtually or in person. In many cases, there is no cost for treatment if you don't have insurance, really. Welcome to Be Well Texas. We're glad you're here. Wing is the largest residential drone delivery provider in the world. Delivering to your home in less than 30 minutes. Order using an app just like other popular delivery services, and Wing's automated drone takes care of the rest. It's fast, safe, and sustainable, and it's now delivering to parts of Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas. You can learn more at wing.com slash texasfootball. Again, that's wing.com slash texasfootball. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR Now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 Go VCR Now. All right, Pickle. It's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score on award-winning Hondas like the rugged and reliable mm. 2024 Honda Ridgeline. Mm. Go visit your helpful North Texas Honda dealers today, or you can visit them online at ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. You know, on the way to Birdville yesterday, yeah. I was next to, on the highway, a uh, Honda Ridgeline. Was it, did it look rugged and, and I, I don't know what year it was, to be clear. Like, not offhand. Mm-hmm. But I looked over and I was like, dang. That looks rugged and reliable. Solid. Shout out to Honda. It's Help Honda Mailbag Friday. We're answering your questions. High school ball, college ball, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, realignment. Get them in the comments on Facebook and on YouTube. Of course, TexasFootball.com for all your football needs. Do you have any questions from the people? Or do you have any questions for me? We never talk. 
I ain't got any questions for you, but I do have questions from the people. Um, thoughts on opt-ups based on performance like the Golden Triangle Trio of Bridge City, Liberty, and Hardin-Jefferson? Yeah, so opting up, if, if you didn't know, just to every podcast, somebody's first. Uh, you can opt up a classification. You can opt up as high as you want yeah. if you want. Carthage like, could literally say, we're going to play 6A ball. Yeah, if Carthage wanted to play 6A, they could. Like, in the UIL, will just say, okay, yeah, we'll we'll do that. Um, and as soon as you tell the UIL, like, they're just like, okay, check. We're moving you into that bucket. So, like, as soon as DeSoto, the moment DeSoto told the, told the UIL, hey, we want to play 6A, they say, cool, you're in a 6A district. We'll put you in the 6A district. Um, it is a challenge obviously um because when you're moving up that is you know you're gonna you're, you're gonna face tougher competition larger schools for a team like bridge city bridge city liberty and, and, and harden jefferson moving up to 4a division one they land in 10 4a division one um you know look i think for liberty you got to remember they were getting absolutely clobbered by silsby by West Orange Stark, programs like that, they were tr they were in in many respects trying to find a, a I don't want to say a way out, but but basically they wanted to find a place that they could contend a little bit better. Now, look, and it's strange to say, but like 4A Division One in Region Three, in that part of the world, I think is has more manageable teams. Now they land into a district that's not exactly a cakewalk. They're gonna have to deal with teams like Lumberton. They did uh, in the 10 4 Division One. They'll have to deal with teams like Little Cypress, Mauriceville, Viter, programs like that. It's it's always a decision, and you got to remember it's for all sports too. We talk focus so much on football, but you know if you opt up, you're opting up for all sports. I would say for those programs, it's a unique situation where I think from a competitive perspective, this is probably the right move because otherwise you're going to get fed to Silsby and West Orange Stark every year. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say for those teams, it probably ends up being a, a, a pretty good move. My numbers show that, yeah, their their draw got easier, got better this year. Which is crazy because, yeah, you, you just always assume that yeah. – moving up is a bad thing and it's like not always. not necessarily not necessarily in certain parts of the state like down there in southeast texas uh it, it's probably served them well and yeah. so um you know i don't begrudge anybody doing that if that's the if that's just the the situation that works for you uh then it didn't and, and i think for those teams they they had a relatively soft landing the landing they were hoping for when they they decide to opt up you know another program uh you know joshua is kind of the other side of it now joshua they didn't opt up necessarily for competitive reasons yep but Ooh, they got thrown into a blender. They got they opted up and they got absolutely handled as far as I think that they from. were very much anticipating that they were gonna end up in a different district. I think they were thinking they were gonna go stay west and yep. go with like Fort Worth schools. Schools and they, they ended up or, or like you remember getting a ton of travel because and they, a ton of competition. Because they were supposed to drop down yep. to four eight or to to five A division two. They were like I think they they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna move up to five division one I think for for travel reasons uh, I would need to talk with Coach Andy Armin about that but it is instead they get lumped into that wide ranging District Seven five division one mm -hmm. that stretches all the way to Lufkin which is not only from a travel pr perspective tough but from a competitive perspective oh yeah Red we're, Oak, we're, we're, we're focusing so much on the, on the travel and I understand why but like Highland Park Red Oak Midlothian Burleson Centennial Tyler Lufkin. That's six quality pro playoff caliber program. Oh, yeah. Right there. I don't know. Uh, what's next, Pickle? Um, 
can a district petition to swap regions, not just a team swapping districts for travel purposes? Great question. No. Yeah. They cannot. If you're putting District 8, the only thing you can do is you can go and you can petition to, to join another district if you think that makes more sense. So if you think you could get into District 9, then technically yes. you could switch regions. But that's the only way that no, that's the only, possible. Yeah, the only reason, the only the only way, there's no way, way to change a district number. No. Like to take, oh, District 3, we think you should be District 5. There's no way to do that. The UIL sets the district numbers, um, and that's the way that it works. And, you know, if you take a look at it, generally speaking, we mentioned this in the real end video, they try to go clock, kind of more or less clockwise around the state, mm -hmm. right? They'll go, you know, District 1's always as far, basically as far west as it can get, whether it's in El Paso or whether it's in the Panhandle, and then it kind of works its way around. Uh, where you get into it uh, is you get into like where do you put central texas because they're close to the bullseye yeah. right and so central texas that's why you have teams that can be theoretically like any region you know what i mean we've had teams that have gone we had teams yesterday that flopped from region four to region one yep like burn it Lampasas, marble falls flip from region four to region one because of that because they're kind of in the as i would say in the the closer to the bullseye yep and so as a result the central texas can be can be maneuverable and that's why you have Central Texas districts that are in um, Region 2, Region 3, Region 4. Um, but yeah, as, as far as they, 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 they make those decisions as far as what district numbers they are, and those district numbers are those district numbers. So um, that's, that's the way it goes. What's next, Pickle? Um, why, you mentioned, it's funny, you kind of mentioned this a second ago, but why do you think DeSoto made the decision to opt out of going to 5A? It's a great question. Travel's certainly part of it. Yeah. Um, because if you take a look at 5A Division One, I, I mean, they were probably looking at that and be like, I don't know if I want to get sent to Lufkin. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, you you could range as far as Lufkin to Alito would definitely be a possibility. Or which, south. They could go to the central Texas. Yep. Right? I think travel. So then you're traveling down to Waco basically yeah. the whole time? As opposed to the district they're in now, which is... 20 Very miles compact. of each other. I mean, like, you're, it's a it's a Dallas district. It like. might be a diameter of 20 miles. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. I <laughs> Not think even the, a radius. <laughs> like, the farthest they have to travel is probably Skyline. And yeah. that's just into Dallas. You yeah. know what I mean? From from DeSoto. So it's not that that far of a drive. Uh, travel is probably the biggest part of it. I'm sure they had conversations about it because here's the thing. If they went into 5A Division One next year, they'd be the prohibitive favorite. And not just in football. They'd be a prohibitive favorite Everything. in track. Maybe a prohibitive favorite. Oh, girls basketball. Girls basketball. Like, they would be a big-time, big-time favorite. And I know what I'm saying there. Like, I know Alito lives in 5 Edition 1. Uh -huh. DeSoto, like, 2024 DeSoto would be favored over 2024 Alito. I'd love to see 2023 teams play, but we're not going to get that. 2024, based on what we're likely to see, DeSoto would be favored over Alito. And so... What I think they, they looked at is probably saying, all right... We think from a travel perspective, we're going to opt up, even if it means it's going to be a little bit it, a, a, a little bit of a tougher road. I think the difference between 5A Division One and 6A, especially 6A Division Two, is relatively negligible. But I think that they looked at the, it from a travel perspective and said, this makes the most sense for us. This is the, in, from a travel perspective, it's the safer pick mm -hmm. that we, we kind of know what's going to happen. Like, they're not going to, DeSoto in 6A, they're not going to be like, all right, you got to go to Odessa now. You yep. know what I mean? You kind of know, I think, they, I think they took the bird in the hand, is what I'm saying. Um, the two in the bush would have been the, 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 
dropping down and going potentially to 5A Division 1 where you'd be the big fish in the small pond. I will say this in a world where there is no division split. Like, like if, if 6A didn't have a 6A Division 1, 6A Division 2, this might be a different calculus. But 6A Division 2... They will go. They will. They will be six A division two. Obviously, whenever because they were going to be five A division one. They're the smallest team. They are the smallest team in their district. Mm-hmm. So they will be five A division two or six A division two when the brackets come out. And they've won it the last two years. I I think that they looked at that and said, "All right, we might as well ease our travel burden as much as we can." Well, that's my guess. I have not talked with anybody at Desoto. I haven't talked with Claude Mathis. My guess is that that's what he. Well, would. and when all of that lines up, and you can go, okay, yeah. if we go down to five A and we just run the table, yes. people are going to say, "Oh yeah, well they got scared and they went down to five A." I also think Desoto is a program that's really proud of the athletes that they have and know that they have another shot to run it with the big guys. Mm-hmm. So that. I mean, obviously, you're not going to tell your superintendent that, but I would assume mm-hmm. that that was a little bit of it. Claude likes the spotlight. Coach Mathis likes that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if, you, if everything else makes sense with it, why not stay there? That's exactly right. We know we can com- compete. The travel burden works out. And we if we were to three-peat, no one's that's saying exactly right. that, oh, yeah, well, you three-peated asterisk, By you move down. down yep. the classification. Yep, and exactly. so that, yeah, I think that, you want that I think, smoke, he's going to give yeah, you the smoke. That is... That is Reason number nine. Yes, but it is on the list. But it makes sense if you're going to threepeat, do it at yes. do it at, by opting up. Don't yeah. do it dropping down. All right, you got one or two more. Yeah, I got one more. Um, which school do you genuinely feel good for the district and region they got yesterday? <sighs> Hewitt Midway. I'll tell okay. you why. Midway, again, one of those Central Texas teams, there is always a chance. They're the northern part of Waco. Yes. There is always a chance, always a chance that they get sent north. You remember a couple of years ago, they were in that district of doom. Mm-hmm. They were in with the Duncanvilles and DeSotos. Yep. And I would love to see a hypothetical map where DeSoto doesn't opt up. Yeah. And they, maybe they're looking for one more, and they loop in Hewitt Midway. Yep. But for Hewitt Midway, I think yesterday was a really, really good draw. Uh, other teams that I think I think they probably ended up getting the, the better end of it, in my opinion. Um, let me look over this real quick. You're watching live coverage of me trying to figure out who won out yesterday. North Mesquite and West Mesquite. Mm-hmm. Right, they go from seven five A Division one, where they were kind of getting their teeth kicked in, uh, over to six five A Division one, which is, uh, in my opinion, much 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 more manageable. Where they're going to deal with the Carrollton schools and the Dallas ISD schools, that's like a huge huge win for them. Um, who else? I feel I feel good. I think Canton. Landed pretty softly. Canton was a team that you remember last last alignment there in eight four A Division two, which I'm fairly certain is the Carthage district, uh-huh. right? They move over to six four A Division two, where they will now deal with Ferris, Kemp, Quinlan, Ford, Sunnyvale, and Wills Point. They get sent west basically to closer to DFW instead of going east with Carthage, 
And I think they are like, yep, that works for me. Thank you very much. You mean we get to play in Region 2 and don't have to deal with Gilmer, Pleasant Grove, or Carthage in District? In that scenario, all you do is you go, okay, thank you, and then you leave before they change their mind. Like, sprint. Absolutely. (laughs) I think they were were relatively big winners yesterday. Who else? I think... mm, yeah, like I feel good for Sunray. You're talking yourself Sorry. into this one. I know, I feel good for Sunray. <laughs> now, I think this is l- the likeliest path, but there was a chance Sunray got, they were moving up, remember, Sunray was moving up to 2A Division One, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, uh, the Armando Luan experience is coming to 2A Division One, And and they are far north, but there was a chance to get looped in with like Abernathy and New Home and, 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 and some of those programs, uh, and they didn't. And I think that they got a relatively decent landing there for moving up. That's a team that I feel pretty good about as far as a, 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 a relative winner. Um, yeah. Our yeah. king, Armando Luan. Armando Luan. Shout out Armando Luan. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Brashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young. Please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. No, today's Friday. I'm not coming in. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today.